Today is September 3rd, 2019, and you're listening to episode 20 of Manchild and the Old Guy. He's the manchild of bearded 20-something, and I'm the old guy of Cynical Gen Xer. This is your intergenerational podcast where we discuss pop culture, faith, politics, and whatever we find interesting. Broadcasting from the basement, because that is where mom lets us. I'm the old guy. And I'm the man-child. Welcome to our stream of consciousness. Welcome, welcome. Well, we're just finished Labor Day weekend, so we're a couple days late on our podcast this week because of schedules. But that is okay. But that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. And you worked all day at the great and wonderful Best Buy. Oh, so wonderful, so great. Yes, I am so satisfied of working on Labor Day. <laughs> yeah, but you got like time and a half, right? Yeah, so it was like $18 an hour. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't and, complain and about that. you said it was kind of dead? Well, it was, it was really dead um, around 4 or 5 o'clock, and... I mean, it was so dead that almost all the employees in the right side of the store, which is all computing and things, mm-hmm. were just huddled around to the point where the Microsoft expert and the Apple expert were arguing with each other about <laughs> computers, which yeah, was, it was an awesome show to be. And I was in the middle of it because I'm like, oh, I, I use lo- both. I would have loved to be there for that. Yeah. And then today for our show, I'm drinking a lovely LaCroix Coutouette, which is a kiwi sandia. It's watermelon and kiwi. What's up with the name? I don't know. It is vintage last week well yeah c-u-r is that c-u-r-a-t-e what's the letter before the a letter before the a which one or is that just funky cursive c-u-r-a-t-e oh it's an r gotcha okay yeah. i was looking at it from an angle it's cursive yeah we don't see it too much anymore and it smells very lovely it, it's actually you know there's one i really like um, I don't like the bot the can though, because it's one of those really tall ones. All those tall the, skinny cans. I can't put it in my little uh, beer koozie thing. Yeah, well, they're trying to make it look more like Red Bull. There's nothing in it though. I know, but that's the, the everybody like. Yeah, everyone's the get the Red Bull. Yeah, the Red so, Bull shape because Coke's done it as well. Yeah, they have. They've got all their tall skinny cans. So, I mean, that's the way it goes. They're better than eight ounce little, the little yeah. guys. They're just so cute. But it, cute little guys. it also increases the marketing potential of buying smaller cozies, so everybody has to have two now. I, I don't know why I would want to get a small Although one. I did see an awesome one uh, that one of my staff members picked up from a community fair, uh-huh. and he was going around, and uh, uh, this is Bill who works with me. Yeah. He's going around picking up the freebies at Dever Tables and talking to them about different stuff, and uh, I want to say it was... I don't remember who it was. Might be the United Way. Doesn't matter. But the cozy had a uh, row of magnets on the back side of it, hmm. and it's designed for tailgating. So you can stick your oh. soda or something like if you're tailgating out the back of a pickup truck, especially Ford because it's made out of metal or uh, iron. El, el, no, they're made out of aluminum. Not all of them, but a lot no, of them are still made, the out, of are made out of aluminum. Well, then that magnet thing ain't gonna work. Their tailgate might be aluminum, but isn't no, the bed? it's all aluminum. Now? Yeah, I thought that all, was a no, specific... It's, it's like, as far as I know, all of them are are aluminum. Well, I'm going to Google that right now, because you just ruined my day. Because I'm looking forward to getting a magnetic koozie to stick on the side of my car. Um, well, what I'll say is that the uh, new Honda Pilot, I'm pretty sure that's steel. 
No, that's probably aluminium. <laughs> that's not steel. That's diecast. <laughs> it's diecast. It's diecast. <laughs> um, so just to like jump right into the show, couple things. I just had an eye doctor appointment today. They dilated my eyes and everything. I got to pick out new glasses, except um, after looking at all the choices of glasses and having the same glasses for around four and a half years now, Mm -hmm. I realized I don't want to get any other glasses. So I found my sunglasses that were stolen out of my car a couple weeks ago. Um, They're almost the same. Like It's the same frames and everything, except the small plastic part that's on the top and the Mm Ray-Bans. Um, was that classic brown, translucent e kind of color. It's the same one on my glasses now, but theirs was this weird dark teal. I don't know. It, it looks fine, but I got the same lenses for it. They're going to be ordered, so they're two different colors, and then I'm just ordering the same Ray-Bans again because looking at all the other ones, I was not interested, like, whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm probably just going to keep with these, this glass style, glasses style for the rest of my life. Um, but going to this doctor that you recommended, I was there this this place for 30 minutes so you gotta throw that in I, there. I got in there i i, I got that, in there that you yes, recommended yes i got in there um the doctor two, was I, good though yes they were the doctor and nurses were fantastic so it was reception got in there um at like two o'clock and then um you know sat down was there for a couple of minutes the nurse came and got me um they did the prim primarily what is that primarily preliminary preliminary um stuff with it you know instead of puffing out puffing air into your eye they just put drops in there and put a piece of glass on your eyeball which uh, i wasn't fond of but hey (laughs) you know it works i guess um they did that sat back in their waiting room doctor came out talked to me dilated my eyes sat back out there came back in got my new prescription essentially my right eye is nearly 2020 um but my left eye is far from that and they could easily tell that my right eye is the only one that actually does all the functioning. Right. My left eye just acts as a peripheral vision for my right eye. So, great. Awesome. That took 30 minutes. All that. About 30 minutes or so, at the most. Then I went to go pick out glasses, and I met Linda. Linda, what a lovely lady, lady you are, Linda. Are you um, putting a Yelp review in now? I'm going to. I'm going <laughs> to put a bad Google review out there for him um two and a half hours i spent it was five minutes picking out the glasses and making the order for the one my ray-bans they didn't have the other two hours and 25 minutes were spent with her telling me things i already know i told her i want polycarbonate glasses Mm -hmm. right so then she proceeds to tell me what those are and why i need them even though i just told her i want them and i need them Anyway, so that's what I've been doing most of today. Besides that, I upgrade my 2010 MacBook Pro from 2 gigs of RAM to 4. Woohoo. Or, no, sorry, from 4 to 8. So it's a, a, it's standard now. It should work a little better. It's lasted 10 years. I'm hoping I can get you know, five more out of it. Um, so, hey, kudos to you, Apple, for making one, one laptop. Kind of like all over the map today. Like I just, I just feel like you I went need from to get La- out. Lacroix to eye doctors. Yeah, well, to... I wanted to just talk about some of the stuff I'm experiencing. I get my iPad tomorrow in the mail from the Middle East. From the Middle East. Hey, I'm supporting an airman. He was on a base in the Middle East. All right. It's a 2016 <laughs> iPad Pro comes with the Apple Pencil and the keyboard, which are um, those two separate. The keyboard's 130. The pen's 100 dollars, and the iPad itself you, know, you can get for like 200. So I spent like 310 with shipping. So that's a really good deal. Um, got that one. Pretty excited. I'll get that tomorrow. Outside of that, Dad, I just listened to an NPR Planet Money podcast talking about uh-huh. 
the average American. When everyone says, well, the average American believes this. Average American makes this much money. Mm-hmm. Now, if I were to ask you how... <sighs> Thank you me, very much for those um, the of you average, playing the drinking game. <laughs> yeah. Um, for the average American, where do they get that statistic? And is it correct for them to get the, say, average American? Well, I would, for me to make an average, I would take a look, a cross-section of multiple states, mm-hmm. and I would throw out the extreme highs and lows, and then average the uh, the middle section to be, come up with the average American. So they did this, and the government's done this for a long time. The problem is you end up with a American that is, I think, 26 years old that makes $60,000 a year and receives $10,000 a year in Social Security. Huh? Yeah, because if you take the average, that is what it creates. It's amalgamation of a human being that does not exist. exist. And so then PR podcast was talking about the modal American, mm-hmm. which is how everything's supposed to be. It should be the mode, the most sure. frequent thing versus just this just stupid average, which it seems like an average would be the right way to do it. But it creates this in improper kind of thing. Now, I'd say the modal Americans probably. Um, yeah, I want to hear what you think. Probably mid 40s and makes about 60 to 80 grand a year. What gender? Uh, well, there's, I think it's a little more females than male, so... So you would say female, then? I would say female. What about race? Uh, well, the majority race in the United States is still white, so... Yep. I would say white, white, female, mid to lower 40s, probably making 50 to 80 grand a year. Yeah, so the three answers that the NPR study came out with a couple of people that work in the government and the Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. was they came up with three different people. Um, the first and second one are the outliers, so they got rid of those because it's the far end, low extreme. Um, the, the the low end is a eight-year-old child that makes no money, has no job, has no college education. Duh. Right. Yeah, that that is the low end. Although there is a, the occasional eight-year-old that has yes, some college. Yes, yeah. And then the, the high end is a six-year-old uh, baby boomer, white female. Six-year-old baby? 60. Okay. Six-year-old um, white baby boomer mm-hmm. female that is married, does not work full-time, and completed part of a four-year education. Oh, that sounds so about that, right. Yeah, so that's yeah. the high end. The exact middle I would love you to take a guess again what the exact modal American is. Well, knowing that those two are not. Yeah. Well, if you're if you're taking looks at population base, then um, millennials are a huge population surge in the United States. I mean, they are now surpassing the baby boomers. Yeah. So if you were in Generation X. My generation is actually very small, and it's the reason we don't get marketed to, but I'll complain about that later. Um, So millennials are this huge population surge in the United States, if you study census data, which I have, actually, for various reasons. Um, And so I would say, if you're going the direction you're going, that it's probably a 34-year-old 
um, white female that makes about $45,000 a year. What if I told you, first off, your headphones are on backwards? No, I checked them before I put them on. No. <sighs> okay. All right. Are you ready? Hey, wait. Ready for... Headphones are on correctly. We may resume the show. Xbox achievement right there. <laughs> what if I told you, Dad, that you are the modal American, a, well, I mean, you, you're in the range, a 45-year-old white suburban living male Caucasian Gen Xer is the single most modal American possible. Well, I'm older that than makes, 45. But you're in that. Yeah, in that. You're, 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 you're close enough. Closer mm-hmm. than me. Mm-hmm. Um, you are the modal American. Really? That makes between thirty to $70,000 a year, which is considered middle class. Yeah. So, congratulations, Dad. Shake my hand right here. I, Yay! Where do I get my medal? Uh, you don't get nothing. You're middle class. You're going to die poor. Where? I don't even get a certificate. I, I just gave you a handshake. Uh, yeah, but what about? You're a Gen Xer. Shut up. <laughs> no, but here's something I did find out <laughs> also is that the government actually referred to Generation Y, which mm-hmm. is the millennials, by a different name uh, when they were first sprouting. Do you mm-hmm. know what the government officially referred to that generation? Uh, generation Next. Nope. Generation butt crack. No, you one more try. Um, uh, Generation Y2K. Generation Echo Boomer. Echo Boomer? Mm -hmm. I had not heard that one. Yeah, so it's because the data the government collected uh, showed that uh, a majority of millennials, which is really weird for me to to hear, majority of millennials, because of the way they changed the uh, generation time zone for that, are actually boomer kids. Yeah. So they are the repeat of boomers, essentially. Yeah, because the the two the reason millennials is such a large generation is many boomers waited till very late in life to have kids. Yeah. And then you had Gen Xers who, because most of them were latchkey kids, wanted to have kids right away and and spend more time with their kids. So you had this generational surge by boomers waiting till they're in their 40s almost 50s for a lot of them waiting to have kids and then um and then adopting kids also later in life and uh generation x having kids earlier and that caused and so those kids are all growing up together in a very quick surge yeah. in the population yeah so it, it was really it was really kind of interesting to hear that mm. i i thought maybe you'd find that very interesting you know i'm kind of a hobbyist when it comes to sociology so yeah, it's very like interesting too um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, some of the other things that were kind of weird was that the stu- the the study, the algorithms they created to try and handle some of this, couldn't compute certain data. So, uh, single twenty six year olds exist, mm-hmm. and married people exist. Now, the data could not compute a number where there is a a a married twenty six year old. Yeah, so the data like was having such a hard time computing that because of the gap between that. So when you're a single 26-year-old, mm-hmm. you are making typically less money than a married one and you're usually in nowadays you're like living with other people. It's just your entire social economics is different than a 26-year-old that's married and starting a family and things like that. Oh, yeah. So because the millennials have such a dichotomy and yeah. existence that yeah. So, okay, I can So see the model like going. could not 
basically told you it's almost <laughs> impossible to walk around in public and mm-hmm. meet a 26 year old um that is married that's essentially what the data was trying to put out and they're like which we know is wrong yeah it's totally wrong but just because of the numbers that way that that is yeah. what the the model produces you have, it, it's really interesting with the millennials that um some of them have suffered from delayed adolescence yeah so but some of them um are like on track with every other generation as far as maturity level Mm -hmm. and how they're going through life. So you have some millennials that got jobs when they were teenagers, uh, wanted to move out of the house, learned to drive a car right away, um, went through college, found a great job right away. Your sister would be one like that, that was striving and had the the push of the parents behind her to, to excel and get out on their own and experience life as an adult. Mm-hmm. But then you have a bunch of millennials that for a variety of reasons, um, didn't get jobs when they were teenagers have taken six years to get a bachelor's degree. Um, their first job is questionable. Um, and they're still trying to develop an adulthood mentality at 27, 28 mm-hmm. years old. And, and so you do have that dichotomy in that generation so, I mean, some of the people listening have probably either experienced this or maybe they're <laughs> in the midst of it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm like in a really weird position with it is that um, because I live with you guys currently um, because of, uh, you know, dropped out of Canada and I went broke up there and I had to get a job here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm doing all right right now. Mm-hmm. So if I had to live on my own, I probably could survive. It would not be great. Kind of like, you know, the situation with like girl child and i where she's she's like a really young kid school teacher wait pre-k i don't i don't know it's 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 a montessori school so they teach yeah, like a, really young kids yeah and it's then, a private school so it's um but it's pre-kindergarten yeah it's stuff like that so she doesn't make she makes actually similar to what i do and i can just see from like where she's at that if i was just totally on my own um and we didn't have each other this like help support each other especially with the apartment she has and mm-hmm. um, some of the bills and things, it would, it would be like really difficult. Yeah. So, and even she has a bachelor's degree too, which is weird, but. Well, and, and that's something with your generation and it started kind of in the millennials a little bit with Gen Xers that were a little more willing, <coughs> excuse me, a little more willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. to, do what we uh, really want to do and what uh, we feel we're called to do. Yeah. Um, not that boomers didn't do that, but a lot of them, um, a lot of boomers, because of the builders before them instilled in them, you have to work, make money, that yeah. kind of stuff. But we do live in a, a culture and a society now where you can exist without having to make a ton of money. It's more difficult. Yeah. And it's stressful, but you can make it in today America without, you know, having a hundred thousand dollar a year, and job. I can argue it'd probably be um, cheaper in certain standpoints um, now, making less money than it was, you know, twenty years ago with the advent of things like Netflix or even the Xbox, which sounds funny at first. But think about it: you know, before most money people spent was going to the bar or doing a whole bunch of social things, mm-hmm. uh, going to movies. But now it's like, hey, I just sit at home and watch Netflix. And if that if that's what the end of your day is, great, cool. That's what the end of my day is, pretty much like too. Uh, I get home from work and I watch some YouTube videos or something on Netflix or Hulu, Amazon Prime or whatever, whichever one we have at the house at the current time. 
and then I just sit in bed and go to sleep, do homework or whatever, and then I get up and repeat it again. Mm-hmm. So I, I would argue it's actually probably cheaper now to be poor. Well, <laughs> it's cheaper now to be poor than well, it was you before. Just, yeah, if you look at, like when my mom and dad bought their first console TV, they had it's the TV and it had a record player on one end mm-hmm. and the uh, stereo receiver in the back. And my dad, uh, through the <coughs> auxiliary ports, hooked up his reel-to-reel tape player he bought in Hong Kong when he was in the Navy in Vietnam. And uh, we used, that was the entertainment that we had. And um, this was before we could afford a VCR and all that kind of stuff. And that TV back in 70, 71, cost them like $700. And now you look at, I bought a Chromebook that could do everything that TV did, plus a million other things for $189 at Best Buy. So um, just comparing that, and we can buy a high-definition TV that's four times as big, has a better sound quality. Jeez, they spent like four grand. Sorry, I just looked it up. They spent like four grand on that. Yeah, and when you look at cost comparisons, when when you look at technology, uh, back then we had to have the Bakelite phone that only came from Northwestern Bell, Mm -hmm. and now you can buy whatever phone you want. I mean, you can both buy a plug-in phone at the dollar store, I think, now. Yeah. Maybe yeah, you, not, but you, family dollar, you can. Yeah, they're like 5 bucks. Even the Best Buy we sell ones for like uh, $15. They're the kind that don't have caller ID or anything. They just kind of like sit on your wall. Now, you can get that, just plug it in the wall as long as you have a, like a cable package that's got a phone on it. You're, mm-hmm. you're good to go. You don't have to worry about anything. There is there is no compatibility, which a lot of the older people that come to Best Buy, that's an issue they have. It's about the compatibility. I'm like, there is no such thing as compatibility anymore. Yeah. With that kind of stuff, you just plug it in and it's good to go. It's like routers, basically. It's it really doesn't matter who the manufacturer is. Does it say it has the specs you need for your house? Um, great, you can plug it in the wall and it'll work as long as your cable company says it's okay. But there's no like, you know, I need this one router for the internet. But it's it's it, yeah, it's just yeah. the way everything is. Everything's so cross compatible. But so in saying all that, it's a lot cheaper than I I don't remember how much the Atari costs the Atari. 2600 that my my dad would let us hook up to the black and white tv in the back room of our house um but i'm sure cost comparative wise it probably costs more than an xbox does today um when that thing first came out so um yeah so in certain ways to become to be middle class in america today you have great amounts of technology and the access, just access to the internet and what that brings, like you're saying, Netflix, for the for the cost of one or two movie tickets, depending on where you live, you get access to all the stuff just on Netflix. Yeah. And so for if you throw in the cost of popcorn, you can get Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime, and you're pretty well set. And, never and, have the, to and then the like even with like Apple Music or something, I mean, I, I pay four bucks a month or three fifty or something for being a student. But there's 50 million songs on mm-hmm. there. There's more songs that I could even physically, li- like, literally listen to in my entire life until I died. Uh, there's more music on there. And that kind of value, you just you can't get it anywhere. Which I think actually plays a big a big issue with some other things about our subscription culture. But anyways, that's a topic for another time, <laughs> I guess. Also, that Atari, the introductory price was 199 USD. How much do you think that is in 2018? 
Uh, well, it's probably a thousand dollars. It was eight hundred and twenty-two dollars and seventy-seven cents. That is crazy yeah, expensive. How, how much does the top of the line Xbox cost right now? Three hundred bucks. Yeah, and you know, and the games were twenty, thirty bucks a piece back then. Yeah. So I mean, that's um, you're talking about four times inflation. So a twenty thirty dollar game was like eighty ninety. I guess that's not too much. Different. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, you can buy like really good Xbox, like brand new stuff that already has like three games with it. They're all like eighty dollar games for mm-hmm. three hundred bucks. Yeah, so it, it it does. I know things are expensive now, et cetera. But when you compare it to the way that technology costs when it was brand new, yeah, it's I, phenomenal. It's I remember getting the first VCR that cost several hundred dollars. And it didn't even have an infrared remote. We had a cable that was like 20 feet long that we'd feed behind a chair and the couch <laughs> and set it on the end table. And we thought that was the coolest thing ever. And, uh, you know, and it was just a little eighth-inch plug that plugged in the front of the VCR, but we could sit it on the couch and hit fast-forward and reverse. I remember when the Xbox had wireless remotes or controllers. And my old friend Robert, Robert Mo, Phillips, Phil, Phipps, Moser, mm-hmm. whatever, Robert. Uh, yeah, we, we used to play Lego and like, uh, oh, whole, I don't know, what a bunch of stupid games we played when we were kids. And I was telling him, dude, this thing, it doesn't have to point at the TV. And we're like, yeah, it does. Just like the remotes have to ha- have the infrared thing. No, 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 no. You can go anywhere. And we're like, nah. So he ran upstairs, and I watched the TV, and he like his character's running around the screen. I'm like, Robert, Robert, it's moving. No, it's not. And he run back down, and he started moving. She's, it wasn't moving when I was up there. I'm like, how would you know? You weren't down here. <laughs> so then we had to run back. We were switching places just to see, like, wow, look at the power of Bluetooth. That was just the first version of Bluetooth, and we only could go, like, 20 feet. Man, technology, dude. That's pretty fun, yeah. So you look at things like that, and then you look at some of the stories that we're going to look at today, and um, and the first "Don't be that guy" is this lady in Sugarland, Texas, who in her middle class <laughs> life takes a power saw to a Botox clinic and starts. Um, we're watching the video now. Of course, you can always look at the show notes as we post the episode. But she she's just, like pulling hunks of glass off the door yeah, or something. Yeah. I, is this she, all just for Botox? Just There's for no Botox. way that a middle-aged like soccer mom is really that. I need that Botox in my cheeks. Yeah, she totally. That's all she took from the store was Botox. I I'm, I want to say why, which I feel like I always say, but why? There's just no reason behind it. Is, is, are you that just self? deprecating that you cannot live without having botox injected in your face well i imagine she was she's probably selling it but the crazy thing is that she drives up in a mercedes um (coughs) excuse me she drives up in a mercedes suv so it's that's not a inexpensive car and so maybe i don't know you know maybe her eyebrows just needed a little more flattening i guess or or something but I, I don't, I don't get, I don't get the. I, I imagine she's reselling it, but, um, you know, the reality is, is don't be that person. If you need your Botox, get it from your doctor. 
Or just don't get Botox. There are very few instances where Botox is even like recommended as a medical treatment. It's usually just like, hey, yeah, uh, my uh, my cheeks are sagging. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ooh boy, well, I can't feel anything in my face. And then, uh, yeah, you see those news anchors that like try to make expressions, but they can't because their because, foreheads. Yeah, are it's like... just like super tight. <laughs> I hate that. I'd rather have a grumpy old looking guy that's just like does a good job on so the I show i don't know if you saw this video yeah but... we're, yeah this, so we're we're looking at a video of the uh not so presidential candidate bernie sanders who has no likeliness of winning he had his shot never again where he's trying to hit a speed bag one of those little tiny punching bags looks like a ball sack and uh he he's like he goes to like one one hit and it bounces back and like whacks him in the face. He looks like Mario falling down one of the little holes in the first level. So he goes, "What? Yeah. It's obvious he's never done this before." But he looks like a crazy old grandpa. I don't yeah. know how you anyone could. He, you know, he looks like Gorbachev. No, he doesn't. He looks like Gorbachev. No, Gorbachev never had that much hair. No, I'm okay. And plus, Gorbachev had that big. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying in general, he's got this. Okay, maybe not Gorbachev. He looks like some... Com- he looks like a commie. That's well, all I'm saying. He looks like a communist. What does a communist look like? I don't know. What does a British person look like? Well, you can't describe it, but you know there there are British people you look at and you can just say, "Well, when they, you're a Brit. When There's Russian people you can look at and you're like, you're Russian. And then when they well, speak... Yeah, because they've got the single eyebrow. The unibrow? <laughs> But uh, as soon as somebody from England smiles, you can usually tell they're from England. Because they just have the best dental care in the world? (laughs) So, anyway, don't be like Grandpa Bernie. If you don't know how to use a speed bag, don't lean into it because it's going to pop you back in the face. (coughs) Oh, He's got me going. So the next don't be that guy is this lady in Detroit. She's on a mobility scooter. Not Florida. Not Detroit, Florida. No? Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. Or Oh, wait. That was another one. This one's actually from um, Newport, Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky. Sorry. The white trash state of America. Yeah. So the woman took the scooter. This isn't even her scooter. She took it from a Kroger, one of the little battery-operated ones from the store. Yeah, those ones that only go like five miles an hour. Yeah. So she takes that. And then she allegedly drove it in a maze of traffic down an exit ramp and onto the Interstate 471. And northbound on a southbound, southbound emergency, emergency lane. lane. <laughs> <laughs> now, either she's the most awesome person ever in the world, or... I've seen some people talk about her, and they're like, oh, man, this was so cool. I'm like, I, I really don't think so. I really don't <laughs> think this was the single coolest thing ever. I think yeah. it was probably... Grandma... Grandma, get back in the car, Grandma. <laughs> Me, uh, get back the... in the car. You can get hit over by one of one of the big old trucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're just a target on the interstate. But the cop who went to went to get her uh, was being interviewed by one of the local news reporters, and he said uh, he was asked if uh, if he'd done this kind of stop before, and the police officer said, "In my police career, no. This is unique." <laughs> this is a pretty unique stop so what do you do with that do you just pull up and like with the siren you got the blow horn like <laughs> pull over 
Ma'am, can you please uh, pull over the vehicle? What? Can you use your hand signals? Ma'am, pull over to the right right side of the road. (laughs) What? Uh, so they, they, uh, they said that the lady was having a mental episode and yeah. they, t- they yeah, took yeah. her to a facility. Was she, where she on could heroin or crack? Well, no, just if mental. You, if you had to guess, right, was it heroin or was it crack? Well, we don't know. She might have been yeah, having a have diabetic to... moment. A diabetic? Dude, you were like, <laughs> some food. And you like pass out. You don't, you don't, hey, you know what would be a good idea right now, guys? I'm in the fixing for my insulin. Why don't we, uh, yeah, let's go to Walmart. No, Kroger. Kroger. Man, let's go to Kroger and steal, steal one of those card. mobility co- scooters. <laughs> Make sure it's fully charged, man, because I'm going northbound and the southbound 471. Funny you say that because they end the story by saying the grocery scooter, which the still grocery scooter, scooter, scooter. Maybe I need some blood sugar. Um, the grocery scooter, which still had plenty of remaining battery power, was returned to the Kroger. <laughs> Isn't hmm. that nice? <laughs> oh gosh! Uh, the last "Don't be that guy" is this uh, this guy who was doing train surfing. And, and then he fell off, and it was an electric train. Now, unfortunately, he died because he landed on the third rail. Zippity zap and gone. But the, uh, yeah, he got hit by 25,000 volts of electricity in East Dunlin. But he's yeah, trained. This is Harry tra- Potter's, Harry Potter star's brother. Yeah, and he was train surfing when he was extremely drunk. Yeah. This is a, a great idea for all you guys out there that, uh, you know, you really want to go and do something fun. You really want to get in touch with, like, electronics, and you want to be part of the environment. You want to help society by not just being a useless dredge of it. Um, just go surfing on some of them Japanese bullet trains. Trust me, it is 100% fun, and it ends with a shock of a lifetime. <laughs> that was a good one. But I'm bump. Yes. No pun intended. But... Please do it extraordinarily drunk, I guess, to... Are we? Are you encouraging people to go get wasted? Not really. I. Please go do it extraordinarily drunk. Are you encouraging people to get drunk? Not really. No, I, if you're extraordinarily <laughs> drunk and you train surf... No, 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 no you said gonna... you guys should probably go get extraordinarily <laughs> drunk. That is, I did not. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, you just said, why don't you guys go get extraordinarily junk, drunk? Junk, yeah. Junk. <laughs> I well, had one too many of these LaCroix what already. I, yeah, what I was meaning was is if you're a moron and you're extraordinarily drunk. So drunk people are morons. Everyone that drinks is a moron. No, 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 no. How dare you? If you're a moron Just, and you're extraordinarily drunk. Well, are you saying that's every American? Then you should not train surf or you're going to get electrified. Well, a minute ago you were just like promoting this idea. Well, I was probably going are down you, Are you dark. flip-flopping on topics now, Cruz? <laughs> What's like going down a dark path? I don't know. Is that, is that what? But the main thing is, is we don't want you to be that guy and not support the show. And so we want to take a moment to acknowledge all of our stream of consciousness listeners out there. We appreciate all of you for listening and adding to the value of this podcast. And when you share your stream of consciousness with us, you're helping us to produce the show. And so we're starting to get people who are messaging us uh, stories and stuff to take a look at, which is great. Um, 
And also, we want you to share the show with others, your friends on Facebook, uh, wherever you're watching the show on YouTube. Uh, we're now on eight platforms, including Spotify, Apple, Google, and Overcast. So rate the show wherever you listen to it for, uh, so others can uh, share in this stream of consciousness, too. Um, and we're very happy that a lot more people are liking the Facebook page. Yeah. So if you've found value in the podcast, please utilize your Anchor app or uh, link to support the show and make a donation in, in a, any amount that you found value from getting from the show. That just helps us produce the show and keep it running. Yeah, and, you know, support links can be found through our website, www.bloodpumpmedia.com. You can also cross your stream of consciousness with ours by emailing us at manchildatpost.com or theoldguyatpost.com or even bloodpumpmedia at gmail.com. We want you to interact with each other as well as with us. So look for the Manchild and the Old Guy Facebook page. As the old guy has time, he is posting the episodes on our YouTube channel. So subscribe and share through your YouTube our youtube channel as we post episodes there i am i got like 95 percent of that through that was probably the best one i've done yet yeah I, i'm I getting say. next week I, I swear man next week i'm gonna do I'm gonna real eat. i'm gonna do real good dad next week i'm gonna do real good 3.25 stars yeah yeah and we would love to hear from you so send us your suggestions comments so you can help produce the show if you like what you hear and you're finding value and entertainment and what we are doing then by all means Share the stream of consciousness with we'll cross others. Cross the streams. Cross the streams. I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. And we love the plan when you share our stream of consciousness with others. It's a good plan. So a couple of things culturally I wanted to talk to you about because it, um, <coughs> excuse me, kind of does, um, uh, how should I say it? A it's coming out of your generation and the millennials. Right. And this this concept of the social credit score, which um, we know Silicon Valley companies, specifically Google, have been helping China out with this social credit system. And you know, know how it's it's been affecting people there. There's people who can't move in the country as easily. They can't spend money in certain shops. Um, and... Those that have been downgraded on a social score, if you interact with them, your social score goes down. This is, if you've uh, any of you out there have watched Dark Mirror episodes, yeah, uh, this is definitely one that pops up there, and it's um, came out a few years ago, but it certainly was predicting the future on this one. But now these companies are starting to bring it over to the United States, which you know this this is a twenty first century version of the caste system but instead of you being born into a system you have some sort of leeway until you're like 12 to get a head start after that uh, every social media post you make every dollar you spend every person you interact with every movie you watch anything you listen to anything you draw create or type uh, gets like put into an entire database as as the person you are and you're put into this algorithm that mm -hmm pretty much just it's the <coughs> harry potter sorting hat that just says you're slytherin you're the i don't know well, scum Be of society yeah, beijing is maintains two nationwide wide lists one, one called the blacklist and one called the red list the former list consisting of people who have transgressed and the latter for people who've stayed out of trouble so or, is beijing the new capital china 
or uh, it's it seems always like, is been it, the capital. Is it okay? Yeah. And it, I kind of knew it was. Ba- it well, was, I shouldn't say it's always been the capital. It was but ruled, in the modern era. Yeah, that, that's what I thought. I don't know. I feel like there's some other. Anyway, continue. continue. Well, the Chinese government shares these lists with technology platforms. Um, so the story that we're referencing here is from thefastcompany.com, which again you can see it in the show notes when we post them. Um, the Chinese government also shares lists with technology platforms. So, for example, if someone criticizes the government government on Weibo, their kids might be ineligible for acceptance to an elite school. Yeah. So there, you know, obviously there's no free speech in China like we have in the United States, but this kind of public shaming that's going on uh, is affecting people intergenerationally now. So if my parent has views that are different from the government, that's going to affect how I grow up. And, yeah, because you're uh, associated. Really... It's a known associates kind of thing. And um, the story goes on to talk about how Westerners are very um, disturbed by what's happening in China's social credit system and what's happening. But because all of that stuff started over there, it's starting to come over here through our companies. Um, I, just, I just think it before we get too far, I think it's different. All right, because you know, I know in America it's the you can fail, 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 and then succeed. Nation, it's the only one in the world where you can keep doing that. Um, but I, I, I really think the way people view it, if you like, dig dig into their psyche about it, is that the social, the the American social credit score that people are creating or coming up with with these companies like Google and Apple, Microsoft is really about like you and what you do versus so you know, your grandpa was on Facebook five years ago and he made some dumb post about gays and the alphabet soup. Great. Well, it doesn't affect you because your score, like your your single credit score, my score and your credit score do not do anything with each other because it's literally just about my uh, responsibility with debt and how I handle that. So I think Americans, they view it in this way, and I don't know if it's ever going to be like this, but this is the way I think that the modal American views it most likely, is that it's a matter of how well you do, what you do, how you succeed, how you fail, and that what is what launches you into different uh, avenues well, that's and categories. All, versus, I mean, I can see it in your credit score, because that has a weight to how well you're going to handle debt or repayment, um, and, and how you've done those things financially. But traditionally, that's never been affected of whether um, I believe with the current government or not. Um, And that's really what's starting to happen. So part of the story talks about the New York State Department of Financial Services announced earlier this year that life insurance companies can base premiums on what they find in your social media posts. That Instagram picture showing you teasing a grizzly bear at Yellowstone with a martini in one hand, a bucket of cheese fries in the other and a cigarette in your mouth could cost you. On the other hand, a Facebook post showing you doing yoga might save you money. So you can see how people would try to start manipulating well, this. Y- well, yeah. It's just like Progressive and a couple other insurance companies. They offered that program where you stick one of those stupid uh, things in the OBD2 scanner in your car and it keeps track of your driving. Well, I was going to get one um, oh, until right, I researched man. like how it works and it's complete garbage. It It's... Because it senses um, your brake response and your mm-hmm. acceleration response. So if you're driving and a light turns yellow and you slow down, it measures how long it took you to stop and things like that and how fat, how hard you came to a stop. Now, if you come to a stop and you just like, eh, you know, yeah, it was a pretty hard stop, 
but it was just because yeah, you just kind of waited too long in the break but you just did no one's no one you did nothing wrong no broke a law or anything you actually get a lower score on that and it'll cost you more money after mm. doing that so people figured out that um you can get a split uh, a splitter cord that goes to it that powers it um so what you want to do is you have one where a ba- you get to get like this battery pack that plugs into it um you plug it into your car when you first turn it on and then you unplug it it's connected to the battery pack still so it's still powered while it's plugged in and then you take it to a wall outlet and then you plug it into the wall and you disconnect the battery and it just sits there for 30 days and it collects no data therefore meaning it has no oh you didn't rev your engine you didn't speed you didn't brake really hard oh, you did so perfect you totally so it, it records nothing so yeah it, it, and that, that wasn't a matter of like a week that people yeah. figured that out when they were starting to do that. So with this stuff, yeah, you kidding me? So everyone's going to have like a separate Facebook page. People are going to start going on Facebook by like their social security number. Mm-hmm. My name is 1489. Well, what's your name? Uh, 8234. <laughs> Great. You know, everyone's going to start doing something else to get around the system. It's going to, it's going to flop. And then, you know, insurance companies are actually going to start doing that. Guess what? People are probably going to go to a different insurance company, so... Well, not if they're all doing it. Well, yeah, if they're all doing it. Yeah, I... Yeah, people are just I not going to get insurance. It'll probably be cheaper in the well, end. Well, a lot of people don't realize that many years ago, insurance companies started looking at their credit scores. Yeah. Because they did some <coughs> cost comparisons between people with bad credit scores and um, life and life expectancy that... Mm-hmm. Sometime, or there was a statistical comparison there that could be made that people with higher uh, credit scores live longer and people with lower credit scores took more risks in life. Right. Which is, I guess, uh, statistically, sure. But what about the guy who's taken the risk on a business um, and got a low credit score before he became a millionaire kind of thing? So, I mean, a lot of those things can be statistically looked at but they don't pan out yeah when you look at the overall person and that's the problem here is if you had a bad day should that be held against you for the rest of your life and potentially in these systems it will yeah well it's just like where the girl child and i uh disagree with like juvenile things is if a kid makes a mistake um like, okay, what well, was the instance? It was uh, a kid was on Facebook or uh, Xbox Live, and he was making jokes about how he's going to shoot up a school, and they're about Jews or whatever, some stupid thing. Well, some kid that got offended in this giant chat they were having playing Call of Duty recorded it and turned it into police. So the police came and arrested 13-year-old, mm-hmm. and the other the, everyone was pressing charges on him because he made threats. He did not preface it as a joke, and mm-hmm. he was calling out exactly how he would do it. So they arrested the kid, and I said, no, if I was the cops, I would show up to the kid's house, scare the kid half to death, probably put him in handcuffs, take him to the department, sit him down in a room, and you just kind of yell at the kid for an hour. Scared straight. Yeah, and then you're like, you know what, I'm going to give you this one chance, get out of here, and let the kid go. Doesn't show up on their record because that one dumb mistake they make is going to infect them. Even though they're a juvenile, it'll mm-hmm. still show up in enough systems with the government that they'll see that you you for what domestic terrorist threats that kind of stuff. That's not going <laughs> to yeah. get expunged when you turn eighteen. That's yeah. gonna that's gonna be a nice water stain on every resume you put everywhere the rest of your life. Water stain or watermark? 
same difference, isn't it? Um, well, it's going to be watermark, but it's going to be stained on your forehead. You know, that kind of stuff. She thinks, that, yeah, no, they need to do the time. I think more of, yeah, let the kid go. I mean, they didn't really hurt anybody. It, it, you know, yeah, it's my bad if they do, but uh, I think you should do that. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think, like, one mistake you make, especially as a kid or something, mm-hmm. it should not affect you the rest of your life. No, it shouldn't. You know, I've got plenty of mistakes that, oh and that boy. Is, yeah, and we make mistakes. Now, I'm not talking mistakes like, oh. I what? robbed the bank. I'm sorry, you fell on my knife seven times. That was a mistake. Yeah. Not those kind of mistakes. But uh, when you have a, um, you make a mistake you get, you, and you, you get, get in, in a, a car wreck, that yeah. that shouldn't be held against you for the rest of your life. Yeah, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm still dealing with that, uh, that kind of stuff where, you know, an accident I had when I was 16 still affects me today. And just because I got a credit score and, um, and it's a, a fair good one, depending on which one you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Now my, my, uh, insurance dropped, but un- until then it's, it's just, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, I've been living with that. Well, and you're living with the statistical average of 21 year old male unmarried yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's slowly been going down uh, since I moved back to the states. But I remember when I had my um, old Ford Ranger that had five hundred thousand miles on it. I was mm. paying eight hundred dollars a month yeah. for liability. I didn't, I couldn't even afford to do the, the eight hundred dollars a month. Yeah, yeah. When I first got back, when I bought the oh, the, the Ranger for the first, yeah, it was like the for the first four months. That's how much I was paying a month. Just to have liability. I thought on it was eight hundred bucks for six months. No, I couldn't do the six months one because it was it was more money than I had, <laughs> so I had to do the the monthly one. But then um, that it, it like you didn't broke. even pay eight hundred dollars for the truck. No, I paid like two hundred, three hundred. No. I, I think at most I paid five hundred. I don't even remember. But yeah, I was paying crazy amounts of money, and then it slowly started dropping, um, and then now I'm at a, yeah, better than what I was paying before for the six months, yeah. but. Well, I yeah, I I don't like the social credit credit score system. I think it's bad, and so but we'll see where it goes. It's probably coming in some form to America or a cell phone near you. Now uh, there was a report this last week on the hardest working states, and um, Nebraska. Yeah, Wallet Hub ranked uh, the hardest working states from the hardest working to the least. So what do you what do you think? What's your guess on the hardest working state? I'm going to say, <coughs> oh boy, who wrote this article again? Wallet. I Hub. have it pulled up, but I'm not looking at it. Wallet Hub. Wallet Hub. Um, that sounds money. It's money-esque. So I'm going to say um, it's either New York or Virginia they're going to have as the hardest working states. Okay. And what did you think the least hardest it's, working state? It's going to be like... Um, Wyoming or uh, Florida? Wow. Wyoming uh, th- or th- Florida? Th- I, got, I got my reasons, but anyway, I'm going to say Wyoming or Florida. Okay, well, the hardest working state was North Dakota. Hardest working one? Well, they just got weed legalized, so that's probably what it is. <laughs> well, um, I was thinking about it, and that's where the uh, fracking boom has been going on, is up in North Dakota. And Hey. So there's a lot going on there. And Nebraska's... Uh, Top five. Yeah. Um, oh, I just lost it. Oh, the least hardest working state ended up being West Virginia. Makes sense. I didn't even know that place was a state till I was like 16. 
Wow. Public schools. When people said West Virginia, I thought they were talking about Western Virginia. I did not know it was a state. Thank you, public schools. You you do realize, like... Public schools don't have enough time. That that's that's the thing is that either they have. Early... When I was in sixth grade, I had to memorize every state and the state capitals. Yeah, no. Um, maybe if I stayed in one school and I didn't have eight different schools growing up, yeah, I probably would have had. Uh, I've gone through that whole process, but because I jumped around, like at OCA for a while, we were trying to memorize all the presidents and facts about them and stuff. But by the end of the year, we couldn't even get to it. There weren't there were there wasn't enough weeks in the year to get to all the presidents. And then when you do like American history in school, you know they start at the um, prior to the revolution, and it goes up the revolution, mm-hmm. and then there's a brief stint in the 1860s, and then there's a brief stint in the early 20th centuries, and then it's the 70s. That's it. There's like they didn't talk about the Civil War. I said the 1860s. Oh, you're, yeah, this okay. is the Civil War. But there's, like, t- no one even touches, like, 1880 to, like, 1920. No one touches that. Why? You got one of the greatest pres, A couple of them. Coolidge. Mm-hmm. You got Roosevelt. Cool stuff going on in the nation. Panama Canal. Uh, <laughs> no one wants to talk about any of that. Then no one wants to talk about you, the 80s. You realize the Panama Canal is not in America. Uh, Yeah, but we owned it. Yeah, so. it was a territory. We owned it. Yeah. We just turned it over recently. It's good enough for me. But hey, yeah, you know, I'll, my, my reasoning for Virginia or New York was because this, this is Fox Business, but this is uh, from the wallet or whatever thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking they're going to say like, oh, Wall Street is the hardest working or the <laughs> Washington, D.C., which is, you know, D.C. is not a state, but Virginia is. So mm-hmm. I was going to say like, yeah, they're going to say like Virginia, Maryland, the government is the hardest working place. Please give everyone in this office a good social credit score. <laughs> and I was going to say, like, Wyoming, because I felt like there's probably going to be some bias report that just viewed, well, out in Wyoming, there's barely any people, so they probably don't work. Well, I I, I mean, I'm, I'm imagining that out at Williston, North Dakota, places like that where fracking's this big thing, they've trucked in all kinds of workers, and there's all these ancillary businesses and they're all working overtime all the time. Um, that's probably why it got that rank. But it is interesting that most states, when the top three is North Dakota, Alaska, South Dakota. But then when you hit the number four is Texas, then Nebraska. Then you've got pretty much, there's like a ranking here. I don't want to go too much into the ranking. But most states fall pretty close to each other. And then you get to the last few which is Illinois, New York, Connecticut, Oregon, Ohio, Michigan, New Mexico, Rhode Island, and West Virginia. Hmm. Um, Nebraska's now, still up there, though. Yeah, Nebraska's way up there. <coughs> and then um, what's interesting is um, I did a little search just to say see which areas were the most unionized. And so I put a link in the show show notes for that. But you'll see, and you look at the map I just put up on the big screen for us here, that a lot of the states that um, have the lowest rank as far as hardworking are actually in union member states, which I find interesting. 
because uh, I would think that the but people who are... But all unions are horrible. Uh, that's your take. <laughs> that's not mine. No, no, not all unions are horrible. Um, just but it, But it is, you know, when you look at uh, Illinois and Michigan, those are um, highly unionized states. West Virginia, when you look at on the map, you see West Virginia, which is for you, Mr. Geography person, this is West Virginia. That's what it looks like. And this is Virginia. And West Virginia is a highly unionized state. Well, not I shouldn't say highly, but it's more unionized than Virginia. What is it? Uh, the the ten to fourteen or the ten to fifteen percent of the states unionized? Yeah, you know, the workforce is unionized. And like Michigan and New York and New Jersey are twenty percent or more. Uh, let's see, California is in the fifteen. It's a really interesting uh, divide between. Uh, Oh shoot! What? It, that's but you not... can see right down the center of the country. Yeah, there's a... outside Minnesota, Iowa, and Missouri, which have um, kind of ten to fifteen percent unionized workforce. But the Dakotas, <coughs> Nebraska, uh, Kansas, Oklahoma, Nebraska. Uh, well, it's Texas, like North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas all, all have five, five to ten percent. Yeah, of union workforce. Um, now, of course, there's more cows in Nebraska than there are people, but, you know, yeah. I'm sure they're working hard. The cows have a union, I'm sure. Something. <laughs> they they, they have eaten. something. They get eaten. Now, the next story is uh, something I want to get your take on because, again, it's dealing with not necessarily your generation, but um, those who are a little bit older than you. And um, it's this... Issue of millennials already planning their funerals. Mm. Uh, so they're talking to 30-somethings people. Uh, they don't want to sound morbid, but they want to plan their own funerals. Um, and uh, they've, they've went through somebody dying. And of course, as we've talked earlier today, that a lot of millennials had older parents yeah. And so even in their 30s, they've already experienced one of their parents dying. And unfortunately for a lot of boomers, um, they did not plan their funerals. Yeah. And so a lot of this is coming from uh, millennials who have had parents who really didn't have a plan for the end of life. And these millennials who a lot of them went through delayed adolescence and get thrown into a situation where they have to take care of mom or dad's funeral. Uh, now they're starting to plan their funerals because um, it's something that needs to be done and you can do it over your phone now and you can make social media profiles with funeral homes and just engage all of that online and you never have to leave your house and you can, whenever you feel like it, just go ahead and do it. Unlike previous generations, which... You know, they had to make a trip down to the mortuary, maybe buy their plot of land in person with somebody and go through that process. Now everything's kind of automated through the internet and they're just having fun with it. Yeah. So well, I wanted I mean, to they're, kind of they're get your it, take on that. Yeah, they're getting it done with it. Um, well, I, I've always liked the idea of people just getting funeral crap out of the way. Mm -hmm. So funerals, I think, are just so weird. They're so drab. Um, it's just like, get it out of the way, write, write a will. Like even just, so in the case that you don't have a will that is signed by an attorney or anything like that, 
um, any document that is found that's that you have written or it's clearly like they can tell that you wrote this and you state it as your unofficial will that is what typically will be used as a will for you as long as it, as it can mm-hmm. be substantiated so just have a document on the computer that or print one off to have it on your desk i don't know something where people know well, these are folks they're going way beyond that yeah i, mean, I, I, I know i know, I know. i'm just saying like this is what i've always thought and just get a will that says hey when i die um put give all my money to a scholarship fund for the pygmies in africa to come to the u.s to watch a huskers <laughs> game on the fourth of july never well, happened but talk there's... about culture shock yeah so uh you know you just do that just have it written down like this is what i want to do um all my stuff sell it burn it whatever i don't sell care it, burn it get rid of it and then this is how i want to be buried and this is what this funeral i want to be like get that done great you're done with that i've always thought that <laughs> uh people going like buying their plots now and like getting to meet their mortuary assistants and you well, know. the the weird thing is, is that the article implies that millennials don't like to go to cemeteries because it feels eerie. So they just much rather do it all through their phone, which is typical with not just millennials, but a lot of people now. It's like they don't want face to face interaction with people anymore. They would just rather text or do things through their phone because they just don't want to deal with you. Yep. And, uh, and so they don't want to deal with the cemetery or being at a cemetery. So. I, I understand that people don't want like being at cemeteries. It doesn't bug me. I don't mm-hmm. feel anything about dead people. Um, there have only been a few certain people I know that have died that have actually like cried over. Mm-hmm. In general, <laughs> I just I have no apathy whatsoever. Do we have for, to go back and revisit whether you're a sociopath or not? Um, <laughs> I would probably argue that it might be. Girl child still definitely thinks i'm a sociopath i don't know what kind of tests you do to see if you're one or not well, um, we, we talked about that and you say i'm hyper focused she says i'm a sociopath i show you've tendencies never of mut- both. you've never mutilated animals that's not part part about being a sociopath yes it is there's a part being a psychopath a sociopath is someone that needs constant stimulation cannot empathize with other people you're looking at me really funny right now I'm looking. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying. It's because your eyes are still dilated from the. Are they still they a little, a little bit? They don't. It, uh, they your don't eyes feel are like, like wide it. open, and it just looked um, really eerie there for a second. But it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, so yeah, I just don't feel anything for parks and everything. That's why I love the story we had a couple weeks ago about um, cemeteries are having like car shows, yeah. movie sit-ins. I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Like get the get the society back to where it needs to be. Um, before these morons are like doing it on apps, dude, just freaking die already. What? Okay, if you want to set up stuff like that, just die. Get it over with. What? Because look, I I have exactly how Where are you I, this, going this, with this, that? when I die. I think I've told you before whether or not you remember. I don't know. Do you know the one request I have when I'm dead? That is that I will put in a will. What uh, remind me because I don't remember to save my skull. That is this like the single are, thing. What are are people going to put in a plexiglass block or something? That's the way I envision it. It just put in a big, big block so of plastic or something. One of your kids is going to have <laughs> a paperweight with my with- skull. Yeah, or, or that, it'll be like Mystery Men, and we'll put it inside in a bowling, bowling ball. ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, now that's my one thing is I want my skull, um, 
just out so people can see it. That's that's the that's the one thing I want. I want my okay. skull. The rest of my body is can already. Can we put those those uh, kind of maggots that eat the meat off of the? Yeah, I mean you could. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I am a, a donor for the organ stuff, but I think I'm thinking about actually taking it off my card, uh, my ID, because it's like some of those stories we we we've been talking about where um, a lot of those places where they go in an accident or they die or something like that, the body goes to science, but then they're like being mutilated and raped and stuff after death. They're being thrown into, I'm like, you know what? I don't really want that to happen. I already don't trust a morgue that much. You want your, don't want your head sewn on another body? No, I, I, I'm pretty confident that when I die, honestly, the most, the thing I would do if it was legal still is just dig a hole under a tree and bury me mm-hmm. and carve my name to the side of the tree there you go there's a company now they'll take your you know, ashes and they yeah yep, put you in a tree, a tree. In yeah i, I think that'd be cool your entire family lineage yeah. and tree and trees will be right there yeah uh i'm sure it's going to be like you're going to forget i'm mad dad so i'm never going to take my kids to see that tree next thing you know the tree's chopped up chopped up and you're like Somebody burn daddy down. That's my daddy. <laughs> but anyway, with this kind of stuff, people doing this for social media, if they want to do this, go for it. You know, yeah. you do you, boo-boo. If this is what I, makes you happy, I don't, do for it. I don't just think die it's already. Bad. I just think it's an interesting concept that younger and younger folks are getting this done. It's usually not something you do to, like, get into retirement and things like that. Um you know, and, and but, but I, I think but it, it is it's, very it's, positive. People sharing their wishes, case the worst case scenario happens. Yeah, and um, but I, I and think then this people is, know what your wishes were. Yeah, but this this is just for uh, point of privilege. What what is it we call that? Point of personal privilege. Point of personal privilege. Um, Which uh, technically is in Robert victimhood Wilson. score or whatever. Oh, uh, you, I'm I'm so special because I plan my funeral already. Well, I, I know, but I I am fifty years old. I, I am going to die of cancer. It probably goes beyond that because it's probably not that they plan their funeral, but how they plan their funeral. That it'll it's be, gonna a, be a rager, baby. It's going to be a rager. You're going to show up. You're going to drink. That you're going to have in Bacardi. Be you're going to be wasted. You're not going to know if you're dead or if I'm dead. Whose funeral through that? <laughs> you won't know because you'll be so wasted. Thank Just you, don't Robin wake H. up inside. A casket. <laughs> Have a good time, everybody. A good night. You know, it's going to be like some. It'll be an intersectional <laughs> fest. Of, oh, I included this person in my my order of service for my funeral. It'll be that kind of thing. Yeah, the people will be one upping each other. Who's your funeral best man? <laughs> yeah. What? It'll be like, oh, I in, I was invited to Molly's funeral. Ah, but you I this letter you neglected that... me to be in your funeral. Yeah. Ugh. Holly just got a text that she is now the the honor of the casket. <laughs> no way. Oh, Gretchen is such a oh Ugh. right. Oh, Ugh. she's such a ugly. I'm woman. taking I'm taking her out of my funeral. I hate her. I know, right? <laughs> she's not even dead yet. Like, yeah, why is she even already putting out these requests yet? That's so stupid. Oh. <laughs> she acts like she's in a hospice yet. She's still in the ICU. Like, relax, Gretchen. Wow. Well, they're uh, going past that to a little kind of an interesting story. Nissan has developed a golf ball that always finds the hole, which is, uh, I'm going to play the YouTube video for us here locally because I don't think Manchild's seen it yet. 
I, but there's, I, I have not clicked on it. Oh, there's a little six-year-old boy who's just pegging the ball out there. But uh, the grass looks fake. There's a magnet underneath. I've seen. I saw this in Looney Tunes. Bugs Bunny right. is Bugs. gonna pop up in a second. <laughs> and so this kid's played 18 the holes of golf, course. and he has 18 holes in one with this ball. Um, but it's a it's a concept ball because they've got a uh, ball that um, talks to your phone, and you can do all kinds of tricks with it. And you see there he. Knocked it past the hole, and the ball rolled back to the hole, and then <laughs> missed the hole, and then made its own turn to get in the hole. So it just keeps moving until it gets in the hole, and it doesn't care. And so it's it's okay. Like really I was gonna great. say this is what they got to be using it for is like some autopilot kind of technology thing, and then they just showed a little clip of like a here's a uh the ball to the hole. Here's a car from one country yeah. to the next. I'm like okay. I can kind of see that. Well, it's this play off of what they, this other ball called the Spiro Two. Yeah, which is so they one make that, they make um the what's that little robot from Star Wars that everyone loves now? It's not not R two D two. Uh oh, BB BB BBQ BBQ <laughs> Burger Q um BB eight. Yeah, something be, like that. Something like that. Um, yeah. So they they're the one that makes that toy. So it has a little magnet head that floats mm-hmm. on it. it. Just stays there. And it, you can roll it around and everything. It looks like the looks like the toy. So they're the ones that makes that. But it it is it is fascinating the tech they have on that and how that thing rolls around. BB eight. BB eight. That mm. the, that's the droid you're looking for. Well, I thought it was kind of interesting uh, to see mainly because I like watching little kids like have fun doing stuff, and when you see them getting a hole in one every time, that would be just kind of fun. Um, <coughs> but it. Would, be cheating i guess if you use that ball <laughs> well you won't let the kid know <laughs> yeah so something not a story that's really out there in the mainstream media but one that i'm always tracking is the x-37 space plane now there's two of them they're basically like mini space shuttles um about 120th the size of a space shuttle uh but they uh been going up and every time they send one up it breaks the uh, space record for a space plane. So the the recent one on the 27th of August broke the new uh, space plane record, which with 719 days in orbit. Now this is all, of course, it's a drone. Um, and again, there's two of them. So once one comes down, they send another one up. These are Air Force planes. Nobody, nobody knows, air quotes, what's going on with these orbital test vehicles. But uh, there's a lot of suppu- supposition that um, yeah, they're doing. So they say, well, we're doing uh, experiments for prolonged space uh, stays by humans and this and that. But I don't know. It I, I think it's up there to, uh, if something goes down, these things got some kind of near field I think this thing issue just, or something they're going to take they're going to take satellites out What was thing. that um government program which I I am still totally certain exists it just has not been used yet is where it's like uh galvanized uh chunks steel rods that have like a lead core um and they just drop them from space Oh uh, yeah, I don't remember what that, but that's yeah. But by those, but because of the amount of speed and heat those things mm-hmm. take, 
by the time they hit the ground, they're like a yeah, it's a kinetic energy weapon. And it just like it's like a nuke, just but there's no radiation or anything. I which I know people say like there's none of those in space. I'm like mm, I know those things are super heavy, but uh, I'm pretty sure they got them on some some satellite up there where at some point. Well, the Navy's <laughs> doing it with. The railguns are putting on yeah, the newest true. generation of ships. It's going to be doing something similar. Yeah, so, so I think this is essentially like in the the Marvel movies where Tony Stark has a satellite where suits and armors and things fly out on space. Where the U.S. has these little satellites that just float there. And then um, they got giant dowel rods that shoot from space and murder people. Well, and if, they you're, got... if you're a Coast to Coast fan or ever listened to Art Bell in the 70s, 80s, and 90s... <coughs> You'll know that there is something called Solar Warden, which beyond Trump Space Force, it was just renamed to Space Command. Oh, sorry. I just saw a thing where it was like Space uh, Command now. Yeah, uh, Trump calls it the Space Command. Space Command. Um, space Force. Space Force. Well, regardless, the U.S. supposedly has had Solar Warden going on for years, protecting us from the aliens. Now, if you have a really good telescope. Um, there's some blogs online that teach you how to look at the X-37B space plane because uh, you can track it. But the thing about it is is they're constantly changing its orbit. So, so that thing's able to change its directory and everything while... Oh, yeah. That's so, pretty impressive. Because I mean, like, if you're if you're going because or for those that don't know, when you're orbiting a planet, you are not like in, you're not technically in outer space the way you think about it, where there is no atmosphere. You are on the edge of the atmosphere in the gravity of Earth, so that you are constantly in a falling motion. Yeah, you're falling around the planet. Yeah, constantly. Um, so to just like stop and then make a left turn or like well, whatever, it change, yeah, I know, but you know, like it's make not a, quite that aggressive. But, but to change your directory yeah. constantly like that, unmanned, yeah, um, it's for well, seven or nineteen days. That's really impressive. Well, and it's gonna, and it has enough power to land itself. So, um, of course, there's I'm sure controllers and things. But the the other thing that people think this thing's doing is it's on a highly classified reconnaissance mission. So. Um, they keep it unpredictable so that people that <coughs> man, I got a lot of coughs tonight. Those of you playing the drinking game, you probably take another drink. Um, the concept is is that countries that we're taking pictures of are over, which is probably the entire world, knowing our government, um, that this plane's changing its orbit a lot. Nobody can predict when it's going to be overhead, and so possibly. Uh, that uh, this thing will be going overhead and get some good pictures of like do you, a do you test think there is a possibility that the reason they're having it stay up there so long is not for reconnaissance um, but it is actually a weapon itself that there's like a warhead on it uh, and on the no, inside no, and it think just think flies there's... around and then slowly just turns and that's what I was getting at earlier that there's some kind of near field um either when uh, something goes down but i didn't know if you meant like it was going to drop something no, no, or like it it just flies right into like an anti-warhead like the russians and the and the uh chinese have put up their own versions of gps uh, and they have their communication satellites and such inferior and I think, to ours very much so uh so i think that if there is a weapon on this thing that's designed to fly up close to 
satellite of another country and a near field kind of thing either hijack that satellite to reprogram it or it has like an EMP kind of thing that it'll just fry the electronics on it. Maybe it has a laser, you know, it, it could just, even a low power laser at the right spot and just stuck on the same point for a long time, it's going to burn a hole in something. And it's, it really doesn't take much in a system uh, to pull out the redundant. Once you get past the redundancies, it's going to fail. So it wouldn't, wouldn't take much to just sear like a line coming off a solar panel or something to totally make a satellite dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And so if it does have a weapon, I think it's probably along those lines to take out satellites. Instead of like a $7 billion warhead they can use it once. Yeah. Well, I'm sure this thing costs a lot of money. So. Yeah, especially this one, this 155 mile an hour roller coaster that's going to Saudi Arabia's Six Flags. Yeah, so this thing's uh, oh great, we got an ad plan. Uh, oh, good John ad. Wick, dude. I gotta go. I gotta see Chapter Three. I gotta see it. So this is a proposed Six Flags that's going up in Saudi Arabia, and this roller coaster is designed. To go 155 miles an hour. That's nothing. I've done 144 in my car. I don't want to know that. Um, the virtual ride on this is pretty aggressive. It has several spots where you go directly straight down. And um, then you go through a couple of tunnels in very uh, scary ways. And you get shot in and out. So, And this thing also is really long. Um, so if you watch the uh, video link, that um, the link to the story um, in the show notes, you'll see they have a little miles per hour that pops up on the video to show you how, uh, how fast they think you'll be going. But it's going over all these rocks and things like that. And it's it's super, like climbing a mountain. Yeah, it, it's a super long ride. Uh, most roller coasters, maybe they last a minute or two. This is lasting like uh, three minutes. Of you go here, they you're going down into a tunnel and you're going a hundred, let's see, 250 kilometers per hour. So that's 150 something, yeah. That super, I mean, and then like that tunnel they just went through with all those like strobe lights in them, yeah. Uh, you, you're only in there for like three seconds, maybe four at most. Um, you're going 150 miles an hour. If you were to extract that data, that's like almost a mile that that little tunnel is right there, just a mile through. You know, but with oh, I got a bug in my face um, of just lights. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, oh, this light's done. So is one at the end of the tunnel. So you got to fix one and you got to walk a whole mile, get yeah, to the other side of it. And it's desert. I mean, it's yeah, not so like... it's going to be a little warm. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other, if you're reading the story, the story's out of the sun uh, in the UK. Um, there's a couple of folks from Saudi Arabia that say, oh, this is all talk. They always say things like this and never actually build it. So we'll see. But I, I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, Six Flags actually in the States built the next largest roller mm-hmm. coaster. But I didn't clip that story. But maybe we, <coughs> maybe we can take a look at that next time. There is another interesting science story. Um, they've uh, developed this kind of millimeter thick uh, worm to go through people's brain matters and vessels in their brains to kind of wiggle around and um, just, uh, it's just kind of weird. So you, you, again, click on the link in the show notes. You'll see this story, but 
Um, it's a robot that's a millimeter thick, and it's able to navigate in the human brain through and correct aneurysms. And so they've got a lot of glass tubes that simulate the um, uh, vascular system inside the human brain, and they're taking this robot to drive drive through there. And so um, it doesn't have to expand or contract to move forward. They put some kind of special gelatin on the outside of it, which makes it super slick. And it, 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 it's it, called a hydrogel slime. And the researchers make a good point to say, if you don't have the lubricating layer, it gets easily stuck. stuck. Which is a scary thought of just having some stupid nursing assistant that doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> like, you didn't lube that up right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you put on? What you put on that thing? Well, I just found some lube over there. That's sexual lube. That's not the hydroponic whatever concoction. Hydrogel. Uh oh! And it goes in there and just starts sticking somebody. It goes like right through their artery. And you're like internal bleeding. So the the hope is that they can just poke this thing into you in the ER and fix you, and you won't have to go into surgery. Well, I, I've seen plenty of these things before where they talk about having these ways of getting rid of blood clots and you know uh fat build up in arteries they just put it in there it goes it's got like a little drill basically it just kind of drills into stuff it expands and then i don't know how it works it's that micro technology yeah. is it drills in and then once it's in well, something is, it opens up and then it just pulls close right to out. nano yeah so it, it's it's one of those if you can build that and get it great awesome um i'm all for it do mm-hmm. i want it done to me you better put me out and <laughs> give me ten thousand dollars for doing it i don't want the robot going crazy in my head yeah i don't want it to like hey you want a free lobotomy today right <laughs> so a couple of stories that i want to ask um, where you would be on these if you would do this. So the UK, Jim uh, Lampard, um, he's on a suspension bridge in Bristol, 245 feet up in the air. He's in fog, and he does a base jump. Now the video, he had like a, there's somebody taking pictures of him doing this. Um just base jumping off this bridge and he's following he's following falling through the fog there's no way you can see the ground or anything uh i don't know if i would do something like this this is really scary now if it was one of those uh halo jumps where they have the heads up display where it can tell you like where to go mm-hmm. in general like has those little fake loops so you see in the visor to like trying to dive through and tells you when to pull something i do it um, because I know if I was doing it, I'd be like, "Hey, hey, hey! Well, this this is cool." Bo- boy, sure been falling for a long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's time to pull the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that, I don't know. That did, did he pull his shoot yet? <laughs> well, of course, know. base jumping, you're throwing your drag shoot right away when you jump. But if, yeah, it's a, if you there's can a drag all you want, but if you're going over you know 40 miles an hour you're going over 20 miles an hour you're well, gonna your hit that sh- pavement yeah your dead. shoot in general comes out right away in general occasionally it doesn't and when it doesn't you don't have time for a backup that's for sure um so the next one would would this be you i guess uh there's a couple parents who are accused of kidnapping and assaulting a teen in california because they found him in their daughter's bedroom 
Now, he happened to be African-American, so they're being uh, caught under uh, hate crime kind of stuff because they kidnapped him. But basically, um, it's a Hispanic family. Their daughter invited this boy into her bedroom. Dad found him in there. <laughs> and then they, like, duct taped him up and started, like, giving him what for um, and holding him against his will for a few hours. <laughs> the family members ultimately restrained the victim using a rope, held him against his will, assaulted him multiple times, and even threatened to kill him. Yeah, if I found a boy oh, in my daughter's room. Oh, that is so overdramatic. Look, okay, I, I get it. Maybe I'm a little more liberal than you at some point, but it's it's definitely going to be a, I walk in, my kid's doing something stupid. Uh-uh. I'm going to walk, pull that thing right out and put it, pull it out of the sheets. You know what I mean? Throw it up against the wall and just throw him hard enough that his stupid sweat of scaredness makes him stick to it like a frog. <laughs> Um, and then I'm going to make him put his clothes on. He's going to come in the living room. He's going to sit down right there next to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put on the dumbest movies I can possibly find. <laughs> and he's going to, he's going to, he's going to hold the remote and watch it with the volume up and he cannot sleep. And I will sit across the room. This is like staring the dumbest at version of clockwork orange ever. I guess. I don't <laughs> know. I'll sit there staring at him. And anytime he looks at me. I'll stamp say, put your eyes on the TV. Yeah, so if the, he can make it through the night, then um, I'll let him go home, and he might be able to see my daughter again. Because if he's like got that willpower to like, I want to see her again, well, then I'm not, like, mm. yeah, it's not just that they find this team and teen. They the freaking closet. assaulted the kid. You can't tell me you're gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat up any guy that goes touches what? my daughter. Except the guy she's living with right now. I'm not going to do that. He's a nice guy. You know, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to go wait, wait. beat up a guy? No, you can't even let me finish the story. So the mom walks... Oh, so you'd only do it if it was black. That's what you're saying. The mom walks in, and the kid punches the mom. So the... You left that out completely. You said it. The parents just walked in. There's a black up. guy in a Mexican girl's room, and they just dick taped him up and put him on a chair and assaulted him. He had to go to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, but uh, he's I never... pretty, it's a hate crime. He didn't say that he, like, bopped the mom upside the head, like, get out of my way, ma'am. You, you let me get into the meat of the story. You went yeah, off you already, on your You tangent. asked me what I thought. I know, and you... So, it's not my fault. It's your problem. You okay. asked me for what I thought, so don't do that anyway, again. Anyway, the teen punched uh, Catherine Gomez, the wife, and then uh, the stepdad, and... He's not going to let anybody hit his wife. And so that's when all of these, the, the violence started, they say, and he grabbed a rope and tried to tie him down and asked why he was in the house. It's obvious why he's in the house, though. But He just wants to cuddle. He just wanted to cuddle? I that just wanted to cuddle. I get lonely at night sometimes, too. Yeah, I... I Come on, Dad, I know. I know. Well, there's a couple of political things that I thought were funny this week. Oh, AOC. Oh, she she just made some comment on Twitter. I wish I saved it. What it was is, some... is, this, is this coming out because that guy who was her uh, benefactor or who was her campaign dude and the money man behind her campaign, they, they Nancy Pelosi kind of ran him out, so 
Now she has nobody scripting her stuff anymore. Sort of. Because um, when she says young people are more informed and dynamic than their predecessors, they actually take time to read and understand our world history. She doesn't even know world history. She has a master's degree in economics and can't define socialism or capitalism. Yeah, hold on. I'm, so, I gotta look up her... You Read the story. I'm gonna look up the tweet she had. It's just it's totally asinine. Yeah, and to say that people from the 60s were less informed than she is, or members of her... They didn't have the internet. I... That's just dumb. And what about the the ladies who fought for the right to vote or the African-Americans who walked alongside Martin Luther King? She's more woke than them? I mean, this is ludicrous. Yeah. She is so um, out of her league when she's talking about this stuff. Just, um, she, she really is a female Trump. Just diary of the mouth, just throwing it out there. So I... Anyway, she drives me bonkers when she says that kind of stuff. But I think it's funny because she just, uh, the I mean, obviously there's a lot of memes about her being completely stupid. And when she says stuff like this, um, who can blame them? Right? Well, she is so, she's such an ignoramus. Yeah. Is that a good word to use? Sure. Because I, it, it, it seems like she doesn't it seems like no one's home the, the light like it's the middle of winter so the power company has to leave the lights on yeah, it's not like the... the lights are on but no one's home like the place is abandoned but because of some federal law that she probably helped get made the, the, the company can't turn the lights off so the heating air thing's still on so the the train's still chugging uh there ain't no conductor ain't no passengers it's just a ghost train there's nothing there well, all of the metaphors are in play here the elevator doesn't go to the top floor the cheese is slid off the taco she's one fry short of a happy meal you can go on but i would say uh, ignoramus is probably pretty close uh like i said she's like female trump trump's always got di diarrhea of the mouth too he's saying all kinds of dumb stuff sometimes and, um, of course, they take that to an extreme, they being the media and oh, some yeah. other people. Just like people take it with AOC and go way off the, the deep end on the other side. But um, people, I, I don't understand how she got elected. But she got elected because everything was scripted for her. But you know, now she's not getting it scripted and she's just off well, the mark. Beyond things being scripted, um, you have to understand that it's just who she had an old Democrat white guy and i'm racially ambiguous and i am slightly attractive so i'm gonna run for office and i'm a bartender so hire me and people are like yeah like that's cool i can do that i can audition for this role yeah yeah i can audition for this role well there yeah there's a couple of news stories about that but they're kind of obscure so i haven't done research in that area yet um, but, um, did you find that tweet you're looking for? I, Otherwise I'm, I'm going to go on. I, go on, man. I'm searching so hard, but I, <laughs> I, th I think I permanently lost it, but it was some stupid thing about like how, um, the internet didn't exist until millennials invented it or something like that. Uh, and hello. It, yeah. And it's like, what he, what he talking about? And then they went on to talk about how the patriarchy had no part in, um, making some of the best countries in the or companies in the world. I'm like, 
Have you seen Microsoft or Apple? They're kind of made all by dudes in a garage. Yeah. So, so we're gonna need to see your brain before you keep talking. Maybe she was a test subject for that new uh, nano, you know, little tube <laughs> the, thing. The nano worm, and it got stuck yeah, the in there. Accidental lobotomy. <laughs> I'll no. give you ten thousand dollars for an accidental lobotomy. <laughs> so the next political thing. Uh, if you've been um, <coughs> following this at all, um, Dr. Michael Mann, who invented the hockey stick uh, graph about temperature involved with climate change. Now, part of this is uh, Mann and a whole bunch of scientists, they did cherry pick data that's been fleshed out numerous times. They also like to not include a medieval warming period that happened several hundred years ago that skews the, the end graph. So when you take the medieval warming period, which is actually warmer than they're predicting we will be in modern times 50 or 60 years from now, out of everything, then you get this weird exponential increase in um, temperatures around the world and stuff. So um, Dr. Dr. Mann had this hockey stick, uh, and he was... Um, Dr. Tim Ball uh, sued him over defamation up in Canada. And Mann um, was, uh, the case was dismissed because Mann would never, they said, you know, you need to prove that this, your data is supporting what your graph says about the temperatures going exponentially up. Now, Al Gore took this um, this graph and the data that Mann did provide and you know started all of um, his whole um, post uh, uh, post White House time making millions of dollars on the backs of people doing all kinds of climate change um, talking and writing books and making movies that are mostly false and that kind of stuff. So if and that's fine if if you don't understand all that that you can email me and. And post have a long it. diatribe about that. Yeah, I, I'm sure you we'll do. We'll do a special 30-minute show next week where we just talk about that. Well, but man's hockey stiff graph, which came out in the late 90s, um, was really for a UN report to push that man-made, man's decisions have caused spikes in temperature. Um, so this Tim Ball was fighting against that uh, in this this case, which was dismissed Man is going to have to pay all of uh, Ball's legal dis legal expenses and such, which happens up there in uh, in Canada. Those those kinds of things can happen, not in the states usually, unfortunately, because we have bad tort reform. Um, but he could never produce. The court simply asked, "Show us the data that supports your graph," and he would never. He couldn't do it. Yeah, he would never put it out there. And it was a delay tactic. Now this is getting spinned all spun all over the place by uh, major news outlets, um, but it really comes down to the fact he cannot produce data that supports this graph because, <clears throat> and I don't think he can because once he does, it's going to be evident that they left this medieval warming period out of uh, out of the data to make the graph. And as soon as you add that in, then the graph actually inverts. And then slightly goes up. So 
very interesting. But if you want to get um, more into this, you can click on the the uh, show notes, the link in the show notes. There's a pretty good story that we're linking there. But the the big thing is is that um, that I want people to understand is that yes, temperatures are going up. In the past, they've been in the recent past, which for Earth is just 400 years ago in medieval times, it was actually quite warmer than it is now. Yeah. And so the climate changes all the time. There, Hence yeah. the name. It's called weather. Yeah. All right. It's, it gets warm. It gets cold. And when, it's kind of what happens. And when you, um, when you talk about uh, the weather, you know, we got the Hurricane Dorian that's down by Florida. Oh, it's, it's, a, so it's a dud. And th- I knew it was going to be dud. It's a two. Well, it, well, no, it went it's, up. It's, no, no, it went from it was five, and then mm-hmm. by the time it got to the coast, it's two. It's not even at the coast. But if it, you look at a... if if you look, <clears throat> what I'm getting at is if you look at the early projections on where it was going. I mean, Florida's gone. It's gonna it's go gonna, all the way through up yeah. north to like New York and yeah, all it's that. Be category seven. So if you can't predict a hurricane over a seven day period. Yeah, how are you going to tell me about my weather for the next 200 years? Yeah, I, and that's the old... Uh, and, of course, there's all kinds of excuses for that. But it also goes with this story recently um, that the Amazon is 20% of the Earth's oxygen, no. and it's the lungs of the world. Whatever. And this is is a, a terrible um, data. Somebody said it. I don't remember when it was. Somebody said it once. And people just go with it, and people being reporters. But a Northwestern University researcher has pushed back against this claim, saying that the release of the greenhouse effect causing gas carbon dioxide is more concerning than a non-existent threat to the world's oxygen. That we should complete, we should stop complaining about. Now he's all in with the whole thing, but he's like, stop complaining about the loss of oxygen. Because oxygen's been building up in the atmosphere for a millennia, and the the rainforests actually consume all, almost all the oxygen that they produce because everything that's decaying is using oxygen. And that big cycle down there, it produces a lot of oxygen, but then it uses it up. Yeah. And the net gain to the Earth's oxygen level out of the rainforest is a very, very small percentage. The majority of oxygen on earth actually comes from algae in the ocean. Something like 80% comes from uh, the algae in the ocean. So another thing to look at are the whole, you know, trees need uh, carbon dioxide to breathe. So if we cut off all carbon <coughs> dioxide outside of just the small animals living there, you're not helping them grow. So theoretically by having a highway that just drives through the Amazon rainforest, you're actually helping the environment. By spewing the chemicals that they breathe. <laughs> Therefore, it can displace that with more oxygen. Ooh. Well, there has been some theories that um, with the warming of the climate and uh, producing more CO2 that actually we may get inundated with foliage. Yeah, I look, the United States, and this has bugged me. I've already written essay papers on this um, before. Wrote, written? I've written essay papers in college <laughs> on them. Yeah, I'm educated. Sky Community College. Once again, public school systems. Yeah, it started in uh, Canada, so. Um, 
the United States in and of itself is more green now than it has ever been before. That, you know, here in Davenport, you can go down Kim- West Kimberly, or I guess technically it used to be in West Kimberly, and between houses and businesses, there's a small forest mm-hmm. that's incredibly dense. All along, all along the highways and roads, trees and giant bushes and stuff align it. You go to downtown areas, it's inundated with trees. If you look from the Damport side to the Moline side, the Moline side to the Damport side, you see buildings, but you mainly see huge trees. You're talking side of the Mississippi. Yeah, on the, about the river. You just see trees all over the place. When you get a you know bird's eye view of all the towns, you see trees and just plant life. And there's buildings scattered around. Yeah, it's different in New York City, but New York City's really small compared to the, the amount of area that, um, you know, the amount of trees take over. Some people say, well, the Amazon rainforest is so much foliage and uh, so many green plants in the world, it's going to help everything. Dude, you could burn the entire rainforest down, and I, I would dare say we would see any impact on our society or in our world without the Amazon rainforest. And that's the honest truth, because there's so many plants in the United States in well, Mexico, and we're, we're starting to build more forests. The biodiversity the, in the rainforest is very... Yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about the oxygen. There's a lot of drugs. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. There's all those side effects, but I'm like, if it would just disappear, you're not going to notice, like, the air quality in the middle of Utah is getting worse. I'm like, there's not a tree around you. Your air quality is made by your air conditioner, okay? So, <laughs> what? Well, how does the air Amazon rainforest... aren't making oxygen. Well, they're Mormons, so I don't know how the heck they're supposed to survive. Oh, for crying um, out. Yeah, but anyways, you know, it's just, it's uh, it's stupid. Burn the forest down, get the trees, let us in the 21st century have some of those fantastic buildings built, some of those, like, 50-foot trees. I would love one of those. Wow. Just kill them. Kill Not them all. all about nature today, are you? Oh, man, I'm all about nature. But in the U.S., Okay. I really don't care about anywhere else. Yep, you're very U.S. centric. Yes. Okay. For those of you out there listening, I care about the world. I I'll care about the world as soon as the United States takes over the entire world. Okay. <laughs> Do it. Well, speaking of that, uh, you have this massive drug bust where in uh, Virginia, where they seized enough fentanyl from China to kill 14 million people. Uh, there, there is some stories out there that this opioid crisis is actually the new uh, opium wars that China's starting with the United States. Like they're flooding the stuff in the states to cause a lot of problems for us. And um, part of some other stories I've been reading is some of Trump's negotiation tactic with them is to get them to stop making all of this fentanyl that they're just illegally shipping into the united states man you want to affect the united states what you do you make a bunch of free vape juice well it, well you can't just, now because the fda is regulating it yeah man just make a whole bunch of free vape juice with that nicotine salt stuff that gets you that like head high real quick mm-hmm. just pump that into the united states into the school systems and you are going to see problems beyond your wildest dreams. Not from the drugs, but from the freaking vape juice stuff. You're going to see kids making Jeez. prison vapes where it's just, here's a battery, here's a wire and some foil with a little hole on it. You can poke a hole and like, suck some air through. It's going to heat that up. It's going to start boiling and go, yeah, man, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, oh, man, I feel, I feel my popcorn lung developing already. 
Well, kudos to the Virginia State Patrol and others. Yeah, involved. good job for catching those drugs. Don't yeah, they, use them though, which I have a feeling you will. Thirty kilograms of fentanyl, thirty kilograms of heroin, five kilograms of cocaine. Uh, it's the largest, <coughs> largest drug takedown in Virginia in fifteen years. They also seized twenty-four firearms, including the great and wonderful Kalashnikov forty-seven, um, which. Yeah, most drug runners have those, I guess. Is that basically just an AK-47? Yeah, it's... I don't remember... It's the, is it a tech? But it's, it's the same thing where it's like horrible accuracy, but when you hit with it, you're going to die, it's basically. Because the bullet comes out in like this tumbling kind of... Yeah, the bullet doesn't... Like a M16, the bullet comes out. It's rifled, and the bullet spins, so it has a straight trajectory. But the um, M16s comes usually... Depends on the grain, but the military version comes out at a higher velocity than most AK-47s. And the M16 bullet goes in, hits a bone, and then travels along the bone until it exits the body. The AK-47 comes out more of a tumbling motion, so when it enters your body, it, it ricochets a little bit more, causes more damage. The AK, AK-47 tends to kill people more readily than the M16, but on the M16 side, it causes more bodily damage, which causes the enemy to have to take care of their wounded, uh, whereas dead people, you can just bury them in the field. Uh, so that's a little different. I say just give everyone knives and start decapitating people. I think we should all <sighs> carry sabers with us again. Honestly. Man, you're going you to take, some No, man, just take sabers with us everywhere. Um, just start doing that again. Have a couple, like ninja you know like swords katanas off your back and i think we should legalize duels again all that kind of stuff but good job cops um thanks government for making us uh take a drug that you're now punishing us to take away from us and then they're going to give back to us in a couple years well on that note uh i always want to leave you with something positive especially after talk about decapitations a uh, story out of science magazine is optimists live longer i hate you <laughs> so optimists tend to live 14.9 percent longer than their pessimistic peers unless you have diabetes wow dad there you go, <laughs> there you, go. you went well, right i got out of immune disease so we're gonna die either way right yeah well that's about it for today we will be broadcasting from the basement again next week Uh, I'm the old guy. And I'm the main child. Don't forget to cross the stream of consciousness with others, as we've done with you today. Until next week, don't fall up a down elevator. And remember, if I don't make it back, I might have gotten an accidental lobotomy. (laughs) See you next time. All right, bye-bye. God bless you. One point media dot com